Welcome to Highland Herald, a podcast where two Final Fantasy-obsessed brothers discuss everything from Azura to Zell and all things in between. We are your hosts, Wolfkins and Soloists, Brothers of Light. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 20, 20 of Highwind Herald. I am one of your hosts, Wolfkins, and I have with me my brother, Soloist. How are you doing tonight? Hey, man, 20 episodes. Can you even don't, believe it? Don't say that number twice in a row, please. I still have I still have flashbacks. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I apologize <laughs> for anybody I just triggered with the, uh, the double 20s in there. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. This is uh, episode 20, the episode that almost didn't happen. We've had some uh, scheduling issues this week here last minute. They shouldn't even been issues. They're just ridiculous last minute things, but here we are. We're making it happen. We're making it happen. So it might be a little short. We'll see how it goes, but uh, we're making it happen. With that being said, though, making it happen, I do have uh, your trivia question for the week. Are you ready? Make it happen. All right. Now, this is topical. And something I think that you might get, but I'm not sure. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. In Final Fantasy VII Remake, how many enemy skills can you learn with the enemy skill materia? I didn't use that. You didn't use that at all? Mm-hmm. You're the Blue Mage. That's all you talk about is how much you love Blue Mage. You didn't even use enemy skill materia. I know. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess and say nine. No, that is incorrect. Is it far from correct? That's not that. It's over 100% away. <laughs> oh. You can learn four. You can learn four enemy skills in Final Fantasy VII Remake with the enemy skill materia. I'm surprised you didn't use that with as much as you like it. I meant to, but I... I how do you... I, I, I remember asking myself, how do I use that? And then I never figured it out. I mean, so it's I the just same. didn't use it. You equip it, they use it on you, you learn it, and then you can use it. I mean, that's it's, it works the same as... Well, I had it equipped, but I never real noticed anyone learn anything. Well, there's only there's only four, so there's not that many. So you want you learn one off the Cerulean Drake. You learn one off of like bombs at self destruct and stuff like that. Uh, you learn Spirit Siphon off of the Phantom, and then the last one is Bad Breath. You learn off the Marlboro, which you only fight like in the end game anyway. So, it the uh, what was probably happening is you just weren't getting hit by the one thing that you needed because there's not that many. That doesn't even sound that bad. I mean, that's a little disappointing anyway. Yeah, I I don't think I ended up using any of these. I just did it for the achievement for the trophy. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, yeah, it, it I was a little surprised that it was only 4. I was expecting way more. Anyway, that was your trivia question for the day. I thought you might uh man, I I thought you might actually get that one because of your blue mage love and having just played 7 remake, but it's understandable. I, I did find that materia a little underwhelming myself. So that's probably all it is. Yeah, I just didn't use it, man. I just didn't use it. Well, with that, we're going to just kind of get straight into the big discussion point of today. Like I said, we are got a little bit of a weird time crunch this week, so I'm not going to do any kind of news or anything like that. Although I, I don't think there was anything major this week we need to talk about. If there was, we'll talk about it next week. But if you were with us last week, we did our first part of the Final Fantasy VII Remake review. So what we kind of did was just talked about the game as a whole, what we thought about it, we gave it our ratings, 
Uh, Soloist went on for a long time about how much he hates all this stuff about this game. <laughs> I did talk a lot more about the negatives and the positives. You but... did. And then you rated it rather high. So, <laughs> I mean, anyway, I, the, there weren't that many negatives, honestly. With that, though, we, we kind of talked about the more technical aspect, but we didn't really get around to talking about story or story implications and just thinking about what might come in the future. So that's what we kind of wanted to do today, focus more on the narrative side of things. So I guess I'll just kick it to you really quick, Soloist. How did you feel about the story this game told as a whole? Because uh, for those of you that have played it, you know that for the most part, it, it keeps true to the beats of Final Fantasy VII. Like the major events that happen in Final Fantasy VII through the Midgar section, they happen in this game, but a little differently, or there's at some points just crazy twists on them. So just as a package, this game as a whole, how did you feel about like the narrative, the pacing, and, and all of that stuff? I mean, I went right into playing the original afterwards, and it's ridiculous how like back in the day, that game was probably like some of the best story-driven anything you've ever seen in a game. But it's ridiculous just how much is glossed over in it, like how short the Midgar section actually is yeah. in the original Final Fantasy VII. Like, a wall market takes like 30 minutes to do if you know what you're doing. If even. If even. And wall market in the remake was like an experience. Yeah, Walmart is pretty quick and it has some really weird stuff, but it's it's a lot easier to get like the dress that you need and and just get through that for sure. The pacing is obviously a lot slower because there's more stuff, but you know, slow pacing is not always a bad thing, I don't think. I can't really think of any times where I felt like the game drug too much. Even the new stuff they added, like the mission with Jesse and Biggs and Wedge was awesome it was really fun and it created an excuse to not just have a motorcycle section at one part in the game right yeah the motorcycle section as you're going to basically um well, i forget what you were doing like you you're going to help you were going i think but... you were going to uh test the bomb or get oh, or go yeah. rework on it because it was too powerful or something yeah, 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 that's it. I remember that. And okay. that's a whole other topic that they didn't really touch on in the original at all. Yeah, so her, let's, like, turmoil let's just get into that really quick. So the opening mission, I mean, from the very beginning, it starts almost shot for shot for how Final Fantasy VII actually came on. Down to, you know, the train coming in and then, you know, you're there. You're in the first reactor and you're doing your thing. Now... For the most part, you know, you, you get to experience the new gameplay here, but for the most part, everything kind of progresses in about the same way until you get to the end and you you fight the scorpion boss and you beat that scorpion boss. And again, off the top here, we're spoiling thing. I mean, we're talking about story. So, <laughs> you know, if you got this far, you probably already figured that out. But just so you know. Now, once you beat the scorpion boss and you get out, now, you just replayed this, so remind me if this is the same, because I did not remember this at all from the original Final Fantasy VII. Your bomb goes off in the in the remake, and it doesn't do that much damage, right? And then people from inside Shinra themselves destroy the reactor. Now, in the original Final Fantasy VII, I don't think that was... that. I don't think that was shown no, there. I think... I th okay, so what are, are you saying that the bomb, the first bombing mission, the aval avalanche's bomb didn't do that much damage? Is, it, is it, am I not remembering that correctly? I think, I think you're thinking of the um, sector five bombing. 
perhaps I am. There's yeah. one point. There's one point to where the bomb goes off and it doesn't do much, and then someone from Shinra headquarters activates one of their drones. That's in it, yeah. That's in the second uh, bombing mission. Okay. Well, yeah. regardless, was that in the original game? Was yeah. Was that there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, the damage was really bad. The first big change in that game came when you were running home and after you meet Aerith and the Dementors start coming out and then you see Sephiroth. That's where the yes, game is really... Big. Now, what are the Dementors? <laughs> Those aren't actually called Dementors. I have uh, no clue. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're actually called. I'm going to look But um, I started um, theory because my original theory about them was kind of correct. They're trying to keep the original events of Final Fantasy VII on track because they appear every single time something different has happened. Right. And like during the church scene where Reno's coming after you, they mm-hmm. push Cloud and Aerith to go on the exact same path they did in the original. Yeah. That's and why they're all flying Aerith, towards that direction. When Aerith almost falls, they catch her and push her back yes, up. Yes, absolutely. That part is really, really silly in the original. Yeah. Well, that was interesting to me because I was having trouble figuring out exactly what was going on because sometimes it seemed like they were helping you and sometimes they seemed like they were hindering you. And then once you realize all that they're doing is trying to keep things intact, and I, I believe they're called whispers of fate is is what I is what I just found. Mm-hmm. Once the, Once I figured that out, you know, when you kind of look back on stuff, things like a lot more sense. But what are the implications for that? Because that implies to me that this game isn't necessarily just, hey, let's retell Final Fantasy VII, but somehow exists in, like, parallel to Final Fantasy VII. Like, there is a world where this is I supposed think, to happen. I, I, I think that this might... I don't know. It might just be, like, a reimagining... And I mean, is is this like let's look at the canon wise. So like let's let's think about it like maybe comic books or something. Is this supposed to be like an alternate earth? Or is this supposed to be like a time travel thing? Like, You're getting into some DC stuff now. Oh gosh. I, well, I know. always hear I always alternate flashpoint, this, yeah. that. Let's There's like eight this. Earths, four Supermen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, know, I, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but the 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 point being is very early on in this game, you do encounter these things that we'll probably just call Dementors for the rest of this podcast. But they it's are easier. whispers of fate. And you 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 see these things as soon as you get out of that first bombing mission almost. And it's what Solo has said. Throughout the game, they keep appearing and they keep pushing you on the path. Whenever you try to like diverge off of the path of the original Final Fantasy VII, whenever something happens that would maybe change that fate, these things show up in full force. <laughs> you know, there's rumors flying around and, and speculation all over the internet, but I just don't know. Like, I don't know if this is... So when you, when you first sit down to play a remake, you think, okay, they're not really connected story-wise. It's just like a reboot. Because when you watch a reboot of like a of movie, it's not like, for the most part... Hey, this is connected to the original. They just retell that story. But this, the the whispers of fate and these things directly connect this game to that one, saying, hey, there is a path this is supposed to happen, and we're going to make sure that happens. So what do you think that Until means? they don't. <laughs> well, we'll get to that as we get a little bit further in, yeah. but what, what do you think that implication means? Because if I, this was just a retelling, those things wouldn't even exist, because what would they be forcing you towards? See, I, I, it's hard to tell. I, I really, truly don't know. Um, 
I have no clue. There, I mean, there's no real good answer for it. I mean, it is what it is. They're 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 just kind of trying to push the original events forward. But I think outside of that, there's not going to be any deeper connection to the original. I think from here on, especially given the ending, it's going to be its entirely own game. And I actually, well, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to the ending. I do have some theories against that. But what were you saying? I actually had a um. Another theory that obviously isn't true about the Dementors, but I, I thought it was cool. So after meeting them and you get to uh, Sector 7 and you open that guy's apartment, the guy in the hood, and he had yeah. the number. I still don't entirely under... I, I guess I kind of understand those are like Genova people or something. Still, still a little complicated, but um, they came out and he said reunion. And it instantly made me think of uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what if they're just mixing that lore into this lore? And I was like, oh, what if the Dementors is just like, instead of it being an illness, what if the Dementors is just like a physical embodiment of Geostigma? And I was like, ooh, but that's <laughs> not true. Well, how how far into the original Final Fantasy VII are you right now? Uh, I'm about to leave Midgar, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, if you recall, uh, once you get to, uh, where's, where's Cloud from? Nibelheim? Uh-huh. Those people are all over the place. The hooded people saying reunion. That's a big thing there as soon as you get there. Yeah, I hadn't remembered that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all over. Like, every building you go in has one of those creepy guys. So you basically just met one earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, that that is definitely connected to the whole, you know, Genova's experiments and stuff like that. And the reunion of Sephiroth trying to get them all back together and stuff like that. So, yeah. That that's definitely tied into later in the original Final Fantasy VII, and once you get there, you'll be like, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, for me, that was just meeting him earlier. Now, was there a, was there a Phantom in there when you when you went to see him? No, there wasn't. Okay. But I mean, there was kind of a parallel to it, and I was yeah. just making parallels. But yeah, it's entirely that they just want the original events to happen, and maybe maybe it is a retelling. Uh, you know, a remake and a reimagination, and because you know, there there's a lot of ideas that every person has their set destiny that they are. You know, some people think that they have their own set destiny in real life that they have to follow. But the whole beautiful thing about life is creating your own destiny and creating your own path, right? So the game could just be making an a take on that and how Cloud and them are wanting to break their own path. And after they break through to their own path and after they do that, it's kind of like, hey, if you want to know what the fate for them was, then play this old game. And I feel mm. like that distinction is going is exactly what makes this game not take away from the original. Final See, Fantasy I think VII. it's going to be deeper than that. I don't think that it's just going to be. I think that it's going to canonically connect to the original game in some way. I, I think that the connection. Will I mean, it already be- has really. Well, that's what I'm the saying. Whole, like, I don't whole think it's going to be this. more in a metaphor sense. I think that story-wise, it will somehow connect like a divergent path at some point to where fate split. You know what I mean? Like, a, again, I'm getting into comic book territory here. Or, you know what? I mean, this is Japanese and anime does some weird stuff, too. I, I just think that the connection will be more concrete than just abstract, if that makes sense. But we don't know. I, I don't know where this is going to go. I'm excited to see it, though. So, you know, we've been talking about some of the differences. Let's talk a little bit about some of these new characters that we got. And there's really only one that I can think of. Uh, So the cast is the same. You get to see more of some people. You get to see Sephiroth a lot earlier. Like Solo was mentioned, you run into him 
like as soon as you get out of that first bombing mission, there's like a scene in the very beginning. And that right there kind of sets things up to be different. But you do encounter some new people. And I want your opinion on this because I know that the internet is kind of split on him. But in in the mission that you were talking about with Jesse, where you're kind of going <laughs> to check the bomb, and you run into a soldier, uh, one of the elite soldiers, Roche. What what did you think about him? I mean, he was a fun guy, but I he's so forgettable. I even I didn't even know his name until you just said it. Like he was fun. <laughs> he was a fun yeah. villain. He's crazy. But if they had if they had like kept him coming back later in the story, kind of like kind of like you know how later in the game you meet those three like thugs and they're hilarious and they become kind of like a reoccurring characters for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, it should have been that. Like he should have been that, and, you know, not very important to the story, but he shows up every now and then and you wallop him. And then he's like, oh, no. Uh, and then, leave. but him just showing up at that one part. Yeah. It, now, I'm it assuming, does feel, it does feel a little shoehorned in, I have to say. Yeah. That was kind of my problem too. I am assuming we'll see more of him in future installments, which will probably make it a little better. But yeah, I had the same thought. I was like, who, why? Who is this guy? It it seemed he seemed very underutilized. I always I thought of him more like uh, Darth Maul from Phantom Menace. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. great. oh, he's gone. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it, just like Darth Maul. Uh, I think it's well, not before the, all the spinoff stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the negatives of him have nothing to do with his character, but his implementation because he just because uh. I thought he was I thought he was a cool guy. I, but he uh, he's a good contrast. He's he's a goofy villain. You know, Reno's a goofy villain. I thought he fit in very well into the universe, and I I thought he was a cool character. And you know, very good counterplay to Cloud because Cloud is, you know, I wouldn't even say Cloud is like edgy. He's just too cool for school because he <laughs> obviously shows his like, which I guess is edgy. But he obviously shows that he cares about stuff, but like hates that he does. But yeah. yeah, it's a good contrast to him because where Cloud's like just riding a motorcycle and being cool. He's like, ah! like yeah. doing flips in there. It was I, I thought it was a great I thought he was a great character, but yeah, again I found him very annoying. <laughs> well, you don't like characters like that. You like bro- you like broody people who say four words in no, the first I mean, hour just, of a he game. He seemed so over the top. <laughs> like I, I I enjoyed it more the 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 on the ground fight than the motorcycle fight. Uh, a the motorcycle fight was a little hard. But it was B, just long, yeah. It, it, it lasted too long. long. It was so long, and there's a trophy for it. I can't get, <laughs> so that's yeah, I mean, it's not even worth it. But I, I did like it better the fight with him. But yeah, I just felt like he was very underutilized, and I'm really, I do hope they bring him back. And I've been looking around. I was trying to find out if he was actually part of like the compilation or some of the games that we didn't play. But from what I'm finding, he was he was purely from the remake, so which is kind of cool. Yeah, well, sure, sure. I mean, that's nothing bad about that. But if they don't use him again, then yeah, that's a little that weird. Seems like a big kind of waste. I mean, but. it definitely felt like a side story. I mean, it fleshed out the three characters really well, and that was nice. And they, you know, kept referencing mm-hmm. those events later. But right. he truly did feel like just like an anime filler episode villain, <laughs> kind of. Like, and it just yeah. never to come back again. So it was weird. But yeah, I thought he was fun. Just bring him back, maybe. Well, and to your point, you said it flesh out those three characters. I'm assuming you're talking about Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one thing I really, really loved about this 
remake is that those characters had so much more life and things going for them. Like I cared about them. Well, and the big thing uh, that really opens your eyes to it. And again, there's spoilers. They make it heart wrenching when you're climbing up that tower and find uh-huh. Biggs and Jesse, especially Jesse. They make sure to crush your soul. Yeah. I did not give three craps when they died in Final Fantasy VII. I ran by them without talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, co- I mean, it's not even clear that they died unless you talk to them. You literally yeah. can run right by... Because the graphics are so hilarious in the original. It doesn't even look like <laughs> they're laying down. It kind of just looks like they're spazzing out, you know? So you just, like... You can literally run right by them. And it's so crazy. And, I mean, that is one thing I love infinitely more about the remake than the original yeah. is those three like actually and i think actually it looks like biggs might be alive in the remake yeah is jesse the only one that for sure died now which one's biggs is he the skinnier one uh yeah okay he's my least favorite of the three well i he's definitely alive i mean it shows yeah. him in a it shows bed. him wake up in a bed of yeah. all the ones to like kill though like they had to jesse come on like come well they on. they make a point to make you lo- fall in love with Jesse before they like rip her away from you. And, yeah, oh. I mean, absolutely. It's not, it's not fair and it's not cool. <sighs> so like, again, like you said, when they first introduced these characters, I was like, okay, who cares? But then as the game went on and I knew what was coming, I was like, no, nah, I don't want this to happen. <laughs> and well, then no, I, kept thinking, I wasn't even, I wasn't even like that. Like I, from the first instance that they got introduced, like you can go back and count in the original. I think Jesse talks like three or four times, and one mm-hmm. of those is an, I, when you pick her up and get a potion from her. From the first time Jesse talked in this game, I was like, "This character has a completely different personality because she has a personality." Um, Wedge, uh, Wedge was the fat one, right? Well, I don't know. I was asking you. Yeah, yeah. Wedge, Wedge, Wedge was the fat one. Yeah, because <laughs> they always make Bigs the skinny one and Wedge the fat one because it's kind of opposite, and I guess it's a little funny. Wedge was absolutely like just the heart of the team. He's just happy go lucky, obsessed with Cloud, like just a, a great guy. Mm-hmm. And these characters were just amazing. And of course, Barrett is just always going to be my favorite character in this game. Like, I thought Barrett was great in the original. And in this game, where they're not shoving blurred out curse words down his throat every line he speaks he yeah. still curses a lot but in the original oh my god sometimes you can't even make out what word they're trying to convey i remember <laughs> I when know. one time sid talked it was a whole bubble was filled with just symbols yeah i'm actually excited <laughs> to see how they handle sid because they're not gonna just let him curse like a sailor like he would oh i hope they do at least well, at least they, with words he can get away with <laughs> well that's what i'm saying but there's some of those blinks in the original you're like yeah that's not a word you're going to be able to say yeah and keep your totally it's totally the f word yeah yeah but, over uh, and over he says it yeah, a lot i love it, it. whatever but it, you're not going to be able to keep your t rating but if you do that these characters are so much better fleshed out like in the original mm-hmm. you get a lot of fleshing for the fleshing Ugh, that sounds more that's something probably weird. gonna edit that out <laughs> yeah please do in the original you get a lot of i almost said it again what word am i going to use here fleshing what word can I use here? <laughs> I gotta leave this in because it's fun. in in the original. <laughs> in the original, <laughs> the four main characters are pretty much the only ones that are fleshed out up to up through Midgar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. up through yeah. Midgar. I mean, the villains are kind of. I mean, Reno is just there. Yeah, <laughs> like 
And I think that's one of the good things about taking the Midgar section and giving it more time to breathe is you did get more moments with characters that you didn't care about. Like even they even do more fleshing out Aerith's mother in this. Like you just, by the time you finish this game, it feels like a complete game to me and not just part of a game. Like by the time I got to the end, I had, there were characters that had complete story arcs. We got to fall in love with characters. We lost characters. The emotional beats were more emotional. Like when, like when Jesse dies, things you cared more about characters that you didn't even really process in the original. So I really, really appreciated what they did as far as just character development. And not just the characters that you meet, but the towns and the slums themselves have a life and a character that you never get from the Final Fantasy VII. I mean, they're very much a setting to me in the original game. But like Wall Market is like a character all on its own, you know? Yeah. The people that you come in contact with and whatever sector it is that Aerith lives in, like the children and the orphanage and the you just you get the feeling that this is a living, breathing community, whereas in the original game, it was a bunch of shops for me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I mean, that's just what it was. It was just a bunch of shops. I mean, like, exactly. Um, And, you know, yeah, I definitely like the world building in the new game better, but it's just like... I just hope they can keep that up when they get out of Midgar. Like, when they get into the wider world, if they can keep that same quality of world building, this is going to be amazing. Oh, it's going to definitely be like one of my favorite games ever. If it's like an open world Final Fantasy 15, but Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to love that. But if there they is... can make each of those towns that you encounter just feel unique and have its own little flair and just like its own little community, if they can still capture the world building on a much grander scale then part two, if it doesn't win game of the year, I'll be surprised because that's a formula for absolute no, master. All that has to, buddy, buddy, all that has to happen is Naughty Dog has to make a game and you know they're in, they're not going to win. Oh, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that, that's all that has to happen. But, because uh, it should have won last year. Um, there is a, char- a new character that we forgot to mention. Who's that? I am not going to tell you his name. I am just going to quote him. Cloud, I have a new materia. <laughs> Chadley. Oh, good old Chadley. Bad old Chadley. You don't like Chadley, huh? I hate him, dude. I, you can trust that little snot. You can trust him. He never betrays you once. Uh, All he does is help you. He hasn't betrayed you yet. He, he literally just helps you constantly. Uh, yeah, he's condescending. Game. You lose against the summon. He's like, oh, what happened? It's just like, shut up, Chadley. You know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a little full of himself. So. First of all, I hate, and I apologize to anyone out there named Chadley. I did not like his name just because it sounded weird to me because it was like, is it Chad? Is it Bradley? No, it's Chadley. It's both. It's like Chad and Bradley had a baby. So I was just, I just never heard that name before. And I'm I'm mainly playing, again, if your name is Chadley, I'm not making fun of you, I promise. Hey, I'm uh, sorry if your name is Chadley, but I hate the name. I just, wow. I hate the name because I hate the character. Listen, listen, it has nothing to do with you. It's 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 his fault. He's a, he's a slimy little guy. He's, you know, yeah. just don't trust him. I work with Shinra, but don't worry, I'm a spy. Now go in this VR world and fight these things. <laughs> Yeah, what be the in heck, there for Cloud? Minutes. You got your fun. ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, you as don't a die this time. He, he was a little weird. I liked the game 
mechanic of having him. Like I liked what he offered and the fights yeah, and stuff I mean, like that. that but that was cool. Yeah, he was a little annoying and a little condescending. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't a bad guy. I felt like he helped us more than he hurt us. So always appeared. Yeah, he got around. Appeared. He he definitely made it from place to place easier than we did. He was just everywhere, and I was like, dude. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> so of the main cast of characters, was there one that you ended up liking better than the original or one that you ended up liking less? Because like you said, the four characters that or that you play as definitely had more of like time to breathe. They definitely they were fleshed out more. So the original game kinda... the original game did a really good job, especially at the time it was released, because this hardly sure. ever happened. Because like an I'll make always always make reference to characters like Princess Peach, who is her character trait is damsel. Hey, like hey, that is not, who I, I, I will not stand for Princess who, Peach slander on this that's show. Her entire her entire character hey, description hey, is woman. That hey, woman in like damsel in distress is her character description. Man, uh, she's a princess. First of all, thank you very much. <laughs> Second of all, you need to get off of it. That. Okay, look, this is a Final Fantasy podcast, but we Hold do on. not slander I know. Princess Peach. I, I, I was using her as an example. I, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> You're I'm the one saying, who will... Princess, listen, listen to me look. Princess Peach, off limits. She is a treasure, a national treasure, a, a universal treasure, and she will not, I will not stand for bad talk about her. I just, by the way. Then you <laughs> better sit I, down. <laughs> I don't know if I showed you this or not, but now that they've got the Mario stuff and Animal Crossing, I have redesign my character <laughs> so I basically look exactly like princess Peach. you might have a little bit of an obsession but nah. at the time of gaming a lot all female characters are pretty much like that i mean final fantasy 6 did a good job but final fantasy 7 was the first game i really i mean there's probably another one but in my experience i feel like 6 did a very good job of building up their female characters and actually final fantasy as a whole i feel like has been very good about that throughout their cycle yeah, but none like Tifa and Aerith and the well, especially Tifa in the original. Up to this uh, point, the, probably yeah, yeah. The original I think they've games, done better since, but yeah, I mean it makes sense though. I mean it's been. I 20, think they 30 have years. done. I think they have done better since because they reached their peak in the remake. Because uh, <laughs> in the original, those two characters were very powerful women, but now they're like remarkable. In the original game, a few problems I had with Aerith is that you know she. She had a really quirky personality and she was really sweet, but she still felt a little like helpless, right? But in this game, you have her beating people over the head with folding chairs. I, my favorite part is when you first get her and she starts to fall and she just goes, shit. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> I love that. Too. Like she is so, and Tifa is just already was great and there's, they just made her so much better. Yeah. So, and I feel like in the original game, Aerith, I always felt like she was a little weak, mainly because. I always assumed they didn't want you to get too attached to her because they were taking her away from you as a party member. Yeah. But as far as gameplay is concerned. If I had to say characters that had glow-ups for me, it would definitely be Aerith, number one. The girls... De- well, Tifa was always great, but she did. She just got better. I mean, she just got better. Cloud, all of them were better in this game. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Playing through 7 Remake again makes me realize Cloud was never edgy. Cloud is literally just the embodiment of 90s attitude. But not to the extreme 
that Sonic was. You know what I mean? Well, Crop's kind of a jerk in the beginning. Yeah, to exactly. A lot of I mean, he is very standoffish and just not very, he's not very nice. 90s attitude, man. That's exactly how he is. That's why it's, that's why I read his lines in a Sonic voice when I stream the original, <laughs> but I do. But in the new one, it just has, you can't really pinpoint his personality. He, he's just cloud. Like his personality is just cloud. So, um, yeah, Barrett, I have to agree. I think that most of the characters just got better. I, I didn't dislike Aerith, but I do, I do like her a lot more in the remake. And I don't know if it's because we just spend more time with her. Like, because there's more cutscenes and things with her, we get to learn more about her and what she does with the children of her town and things like that. But I, I ended up liking her a lot better as well. All right, so let's move on to this. So for the most part, like I said, the game follows a very, very good outline of the original. Like all the main beats happen. You still go through the train graveyard. You still do the bombing missions. The plate still falls. All of the major beats you would expect still happen. But we got to get into talking about this ending because like I said, we do have a little bit of a time crunch, so this might be a short episode. But I do want to talk about the ending and what you think the implications are for this. So things kind of come to a head as you get through the Shinra Tower and you get to the very familiar escaping the Shinra Tower and the motorcycle and truck, right? So if everybody has played the original Final Fantasy VII, you know that this is the end of the Midgar section. So once you get here, you're like, okay, this game's about to end with probably one final boss fight against uh, whatever that robot is that you encounter on the road. That's not exactly what happens, though, because you do fight that thing, and that that's a weird boss fight because you fight it on the motorcycle. But then you reach the end of the road, and there's one final boss after that, and it is Sephiroth. You do fight Sephiroth at the end of this game, part one of Midgar. So there's a couple things that kind of happen here, and when this fight starts happening, these phantoms are going nuts. Like, they are going absolutely crazy because this is definitely fighting against that fate that they've been trying to keep you on that path the whole game. So what did you think about that part? And then what happens after that? Well, I mean, right then and there is pretty much when I was like, yeah, I, I was right about these guys. Because it's obvious what they were doing. And um, to my understanding, you didn't actually fight Sephiroth, right? You fought, like... You, it was basically the Dementors just taking form as Sephiroth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's something like that. Um, I mean, even in the original Final Fantasy VII, you never really see Sephiroth till the end. I know, but that yeah, was so creepy. It, it was like one giant push, and the, the fight itself is weird because there's like a giant thing that's kind of throwing things at you. You're basically having a final boss battle against Fate's interpretation of from my understanding. Yeah, I have one big complaint with the end. <laughs> What's that? So you beat Sephiroth, you know. Well, first of all, it didn't let me use Barrett. That made me mad. But the biggest complaint I have is you beat him, and then Cloud and him go to a separate place. And the first thing I said was, oh, they're going to let me use Omni Slash. Cool. Not yet. They didn't he let says me that Omni to Slash. you, though. And actually, I think that was, I think that was them talking to the audience, because I think Sephiroth says, not yet. And uh, to me, I had the same thought. And that's almost like him telling me, nope. You haven't quite earned it just yet because I was very excited about that. As that I was though, ready, I was ready that for scene, it. Though, was so oh, it was cool great. Uh, that that was that was a joke. Everything about the ending of that game was fan freaking tastic. That final yeah. boss was hard. 
everything was just so good. Holy crap. Yeah, and that scene, that scene mirrors so perfectly the actual end of Final Fantasy VII when you have that out-of-body experience or whatever where you fight Sephiroth one-on-one and omni-slash him. Except this time, he gets you. Like, he, he, you don't beat him in this. And he whispers something, something cryptic, like seven seconds. What are you going to do with it or something like that? Did that mean anything to you? Am I don't I remember what you're talking about. Something? He like whispers it in your ear and then turns around. You turn around and he's gone. There's um, so many unanswered questions from the end of this game. Maybe is that how long Omni Slash lasts? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah, I don't have much input on the ending because I don't under I don't get it. I know that fate is different. Oh I don't want to go off talking about it. Yeah, the seven seconds means nothing to me. I have no idea. I have no clue what that means. I think it'll be important going forward. Probably, but we'll we'll figure out what it means. I mean, th- there's more questions and answers at the end of this game, which is something I used to love about Kingdom Hearts until they started forgetting how to answer questions. So hopefully they answer these questions <laughs> in the next game. No, I'm sure they will. I'm hope. sure they will. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've, I believe that, you know, fate is different. Because we literally murder it at the end of this game. Yeah. Fate tries its best to keep us from, from leaving Midgar for whatever reason kind of confusing because we did leave Midgar in the original game. But it tries to stop us and we basically look look fate in the eye and say, no. <laughs> like we don't, we don't, we make our own fate. We do what we choose to do. So we literally strike down fate and the, the group leaves Midgar. Now, an interesting thing is happening at the same time. Because as it's kind of going off, you get flashes of Zach from the past with an injured cloud. And when he is trying to get to Midgar, it is completely surrounded by these phantoms that are not letting him get to Midgar. And you see him up on that, that ridge where he, you know, dies in the original canon. And once we beat fate, it flashes back to that and shows those dissipate. And as we're leaving, it's like a a kind of overlays him dragging an injured cloud into Midgar implying to me that because we kind of like unraveled the whispers of fate, that that's kind of like echoing backward and forwards through time, leaving everything up to changes. And the fact that Zach could very well still be alive in this universe. Yeah, and I think um, implications like showing Biggs alive on the bed, I have a feeling the reason for that was to plant the seed in people's brains that people who originally died, wink, wink, may not necessarily die later on, you know? Yeah, but this could have a butterfly effect, because if if Zach's alive, yeah, what does that mean? Oh, also, there is a very brief flash when you touch Aerith at one point where you see a very brief, like, hint of her death. You see her dead, yeah. yeah. So I think the game is setting up to where Aerith does not die, um, now, if you want to ask me, I don't think she'll die where she originally did, but I think the game will ultimately end with her dying because it's like, yeah, it'll probably just happen. <laughs> like, well, based on I just everything it. from Final Fantasy VII, it, it almost seems like she has to. Yeah. You know, because she she's an integral part after death of saving everything. So whether or not it'll be by her choice, maybe this time, maybe she will choose that in order to do what she needs to do. I don't know. Do you think, though, that because they're letting us keep Aerith, they'll take someone else? Do you think it's like a uh, give-and-take kind of situation? I thought they already did that with Barrett when they did the death scare with him, yeah. and I literally got so mad. Yeah, I was my mouth at the, floor. Off the 
I was about to take uh, just quit the game right there. I was like, I I don't I don't want to play part two. This is stupid. <laughs> there is no reason to kill him. Like he's a father. Like you're horrible people. The Square Enix boycott. No, he lived though. I was very happy. I did on stream. I literally was like. <laughs> visibly yeah. I, I quit talking i got so mad and at that point though the fate the, the whispers were still there and they they kind of bring barrett back to life but i'm assuming those are gone i'm assuming that we have put an end to those so everything going forward is kind of fair game do you think that they will do like a like what they do on the walking dead all the time is hey here's that big character death scene you're thinking of it's not this character it's somebody else like they still do it but somebody else like do you think they'll just take tifa or Something like that. Uh, Not what do you want? Do you think that they're going to do that just because, like, to subvert expectations? Because everyone's going to be expecting Aerith's death. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know who else they would kill. I mean... um, It would have to be someone that would get you emotionally. Maybe Barrett. (laughs) They've already tried that. I mean, I, I really... I really don't know. Here's another question. We're running a little low on time, so we're going to have to wrap up soon. Do you think that every single original party member is going to be making their way into your main party? Or do you think since the fate is different that we will overlook a few people? No, I think we'll see. I think we'll see everybody. Now, whether or not we get to play as everybody, that's a yeah. bigger question. But I do think that all of the main cast will eventually make an appearance. I think, it, it I think would... so, too. It's criminal not to do the appearance, but I'm asking party members. Yeah, I think by the time we get to the end, end they will. Sure. Well, I hope, but I can I can see them gloss. Well, you I know, can see as us much getting as... new ones too, though. Like I wouldn't be surprised Ooh. if they did give us a new one or something. That would be good. Like Zach, I would say they could gloss over like Kate Sith, but Kate Sith actually plays a very very <laughs> big role in the game. Surprisingly, well, and he's for... already made his appearance too. Dude, I don't care what anyone says. I love Kate Sith. It's a goofy, goofy looking character. It's a Quinna of Final Fantasy VII, and he is goofy, and I love Kate Sith. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Red 13's always been my guy. Oh, Red 13's great, too. Maybe they'll kill Red 13. I love Sid. Do not kill Red 13. <laughs> yeah, they can't kill They can't no, kill dude. a dog. That'll Do you think that they'll have Bugenhagen? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's so weird. I, I remember I, I was talking to my chat, and I said, you know, guys... The one thing I don't like about this game is that I'm not going to hear Cosmo Canyon at all. Literally within the minute, I met Red 13, and he steps mm-hmm. out of the thing, and it goes, and I was like, <gasps> I heard it. That's no, my. That's like literally one of my top three favorite gaming songs ever. Yeah, that, is, that was a nice touch. That that song is way too good to be a village theme. <laughs> like it is so <laughs> good. Oh my god. Ah, yeah, but yeah, Bugenhagen's got to be in it. Well, let me ask you this as we're kind of wrapping things up here. Going forward, do you think that they're going to continue with the the kind of formula they laid out to where for the most part they will stick to major story points that'll just happen a little differently? Or do you think we're looking at completely new story? I think we're looking at completely new story. I think okay. I think they're setting this up to make a game different than what they want. And fate's gone. We killed fate. So we're not going to be pushed in a certain direction anymore. So, and there's already so many different circumstances happening in the world, yeah. uh, characters who should be dead that are alive. So it is definitely setting itself up to be whatever it wants. 
It could be a very tragic game. It could be a very beautiful, happy game compared to the original, because the original Final Fantasy VII, although it wasn't the first game in the series to do it, is not very nice about its tragedy and just killing True. people. Now, do you think at the end it will tie back in canonically to Final Fantasy VII or just remain separate? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah, no. uh, I'm not bringing the easy questions. That'd be boring. I don't know. I have a feeling, why would they set up this entire diversion if they just wanted to end the same way? Then again, it could be a nice allegory of how like you can't escape your fate you can't yeah. escape you fate well i'm thinking like time so like time loopy stuff from like final fantasy 8 or something oh absolutely is, not is this i don't like think a time loop thing that just went awry basically i don't think we're gonna get any of that and i kind of hope not to okay. i don't really like time loopy stuff it always hurts my head and it's very rarely done well because it's so hard to do well because there's so many cannot um uh, like continuity errors that can happen when well, you incorporate time not, and space. Not in this case, and the fact that they literally, things are going different because we decided to screw things up. So you don't have to worry as much about the continuity. The idea of doing it is like, you know, if you start to incorporate the original timeline and like mixing them together and stuff like that, yeah, there is so much that could go wrong. And well, one of the theories I've read is that this is something Sephiroth has done because he failed, like at another, like another chance to succeed or something. And things have gone off the rails. Again, it's all theories. It's all crazy mm-hmm. stuff to see on the internet. Here's what I think we're going to get. I think in the immediate future, things will progress as Final Fantasy VII progressed. I think for the most part, part two will follow the Final Fantasy VII formula. We're going to go to Calm. The Cloud's going to tell us a flashback about, uh, you know, who is the Sephiroth guy that we just fought. You know, we'll make our way past the big snake into the cave. I think for the most part, we will follow a certain path. What I think will happen is as we get further and further towards the end, that's when those butterfly effects are going to take place. Like, I don't think we're going to drop into part two and it's going to be something totally new that we've never seen. I think they will straight to the Northern cave. (laughs) Yeah. I think we'll stick to the formula from the original game, at least for a little bit. And I, I think it'll tie into the game. Like I don't know if it'll be a, a time loopy stuff, but I do think that somehow it will tie back to Final Fantasy VII canonically in the story. That it just seems like I hope that. they do it well. Because listen, I love Square Enix and I love the people who make the Final Fantasy games. I do. I don't think they're perfect writers. There are loopholes in a lot of their games, and that is just begging for there to be. I mean, I know it's not the exact same writers, but look at Kingdom Hearts. Like yeah. Kingdom Hearts included time. Oh, listen, Kingdom Hearts was already a confusing story that made no sense. And then they started incorporating time travel. It's like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Like this already doesn't make sense. I mean, Kingdom Hearts makes perfect sense if you just are okay with things happening just because. And I don't want that to be the case for this game. So I like the path they're set up on. I like the idea that they're just going to have it, their own story, maybe completely different. Um, here's, here's my last question. How many more games do you think there are going to be? I'm hoping two. I think two parts. Two. I mean, I think three parts total, two extra parts is what I'm hoping for. Okay. Not including DLC like Integrate. I think. But I, don't know. I think the DLC for like Vincent and Yuffie, or, or Yuffie at this point only, but if they do one for Vincent, the optional characters, that is a genius idea. Yeah, I do too. Just doing DLC to tell some of the minor stories that don't necessarily need to be a part of. Right. 
I, I agree. Know. I think that's the smartest way to do it. But I hope for two uh, more large installments. Okay. I mean, I do too. I, I don't think they can do the rest of the game in one game. Yeah. But I, I could see them like, how many continents are there in the game? Three? Uh, Yeah, there's like three main ones. Maybe a continent, a game. But then again, that'd make three more games. Looks like there's some stuff in the southeast. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're doing. Well, that. maybe, maybe like I, I just I have no idea. But I am excited if we get the same game but open world. But if it's like you walk in a narrow path, walk through a load screen, just skip a whole bunch of world and land and end up in calm, I am going to lose my mind. I'm gonna hate that so much. I would lit. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna work myself <laughs> up over. I'm not gonna work myself up over that. But I think that would be horrible. But You'll probably the game will probably just start in calm. Like there's no reason to make you walk from Midgar to calm. It would probably just open oh, in calm. Just drop then, you in that gorgeous open world and have you walk over the eh, calm. I don't think it's gonna do that at the very beginning of a game. I think it'll uh, start. Final Fantasy with, 15 did. Your car broke down. Oh man. You didn't fill yeah. it up on the way. Okay, but you're you're right next to the town. You're but like you know what I mean? Like your car broke down, you can't really go anywhere. You're right I next think, to the town of a garage and a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was the narrative kickoff. Like, yeah, I know, but everything starts with a narrative hook. It's not going to just open in a load screen with no dialogue on an open world. No, I this, is, a, this is, is what they're going to. Well, I mean, duh, obviously not. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have dialogue. But I, what I, I imagine just is they start with them walking into calm, do that. And then once you leave calm, you'll be in the open world. They're all sitting there walking or st- standing there and they all look at Cloud saying, so the um, the truck crashed. It's just the Final Fantasy 15 thing, but different characters. We've got one motorcycle, and you hear boom, 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 boom <laughs> and Cloud has to walk with his motorcycle. Yeah, uh, I got, I got to, I got to play 15 again. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So that I, I think just the fact that there's a character in the game, the Phantoms that have meta knowledge of the original game. Makes me cool. think that they tie together somehow down the road. So I'm excited to see what they've got going. Mm-hmm. But with that, we are running a little long. Sorry that this one wasn't like we tried to breeze through it as fast as we could. There was a lot to talk about, but I think we covered the major points that we we wanted yeah, to get. Yeah, we've so. got places to go. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Life, life gets in the way. Anyway, where can we find you, Soloist? Search just Soloist on pretty much Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, and you should be able to find me anywhere. Um, All right. Yeah, just do that. Follow me on everything. You can't follow people on YouTube. Subscribe to me there. Uh, just do that, and we'll be we'll be on good terms. All right. You can follow me <laughs> at Wolfkins or the show at Hiron Herald, both on Twitter, and you can check out our website at HiwanHerald.com. So, with that, that will bring our Final Fantasy review series to a close. Though probably not the last time we talk about Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm sure. Final Fantasy VII remake review series. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we are going to have to review every game in the series at one point or another. Means I'm going to have to play the rest of them. Man, I don't, I'm only missing. I'm only missing three. We'll have a special guest for the more controversial ones. So, like, you have <laughs> okay. a distaste. You have a distaste for twelve. I so do. I need a fellow twelve lover to help me with that one. And eh, it'll be fine. I I have a unnatural hatred for 13 so i'll let you have a 13 lover to back you up to although those aren't very easy to find (laughs) okay all right all right all right go do whatever you gotta do anyway thank you (laughs) thanks for listening we'll see you next week